0: Well, that is a kind of one strong in-your-face video. Some of you might have thought it was just a little bit too strong. I chose it to introduce a, a new series we're going into today that I'm calling Gracious Barbarian. Uh, I'm going to be a little bit strong in your face in this series, calling you and me both to get back into the mission uh, in these days of pandemic, uh, racial unrest, uh, economic uncertainty. I, I'm talking our mission to love. And to love not just our families that we have been so rightly focused on in these last six months, but our mission to love our friends, our our, our co-workers, and to love this city, to love the poor and the marginalized. Our mission is to love our neighbor boldly. And our uh, city, Fort McMurray, or wherever you happen to live as you watch this service, our neighbors need us to reach out with bold love. You and me both, we need to become bold lovers. Love. This is our mission. This is what Jesus commanded. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. The second is this, love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. Friends, gracious barbarians are men and women who love God with all they got And they love their neighbor boldly. They are men and women on fire for Jesus, full of the fire of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit who empowers them to love boldly and to serve courageously. Again, what did Jesus say? A new commandment I give you. Love, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. So we're gracious because we are full of love But we're barbarian Bold, full of courage And with love and courage We will do and we will go Where many in our city and world Just hold back Gracious barbarians want to see their friends Their co-workers, their family The people throughout the city Touched and transformed by the love of Jesus So that they can all, we can all Live stable, flourishing lives To the glory of God And it doesn't stop there We want to see the marginalized, the the poor, the outcast, uh, uh, people all over this messed up world transformed by the love and the power of Jesus. So for the next several weeks, uh, what I want to do is to call you to become a gracious barbarian. Uh, I want to call you to live with a bold, adventuresome faith. A a faith that uh, equips you and your family to live well, but not just to live well, but to live with a faith that gives your life purpose. A faith that answers the question, what on earth am I here for? And, and especially in these days, you know, what on earth am I here for in these crazy days that we're living in? Hey, we've been through a lot. I, I, I get it. We're still going through a lot. And, and so for the last six months, most of us have been pretty focused on ourselves and our families. But. As good as that is, if that's all we do, we're missing out on the thrill of what God wants to do, not just in us, but through us. If you stay focused on, your, uh, on yourself and your family, that just leads to despair and depression as, as fear takes over your life. But if you allow God to empower you so that you're a, a part of what He is doing in this pandemic, you, you'll start to experience what it means to be fully alive. I mean, a life that is thrilling full of purpose and meaning. If you and your family choose, uh, if you choose to live beyond yourselves and live for Jesus, it will, it will transform your experience of life totally. It will transform your family. But to get there, let, let me tell you a little story from history. I, I grabbed it from a preacher I often listen to, Mark Batterson. In, in the 16th century... The Renaissance astronomer, Nicholas Copernicus, challenged the belief that the earth was the center of the universe. Copernicus argued that the sun didn't revolve around the earth, but rather the earth revolved around the sun. You remember this maybe from high school history or science, right? Well, that was called the, the Copernican, I can say it, revolution. And uh, it turned the scientific world upside down by turning the world inside out. The story illustrates what I think we need to see happen in our lives. You need, hear me, you need to experience, we all need to experience our own Copernican revolution. What do I mean? You and me, we have to come to terms with the fact that the world does not revolve around us. I mean, newsflash, you are not the center of the universe, right? And especially now with the pandemic, coming out of wildfires, floods, and we're in a period of racial unrest. Uh, you got an uncertain economy here in Fort McMurray. Many of us have kind of moved inward in our focus to protect us and our families. That's not all bad, but it is bad. Um, It is bad, I would mean, if you stay there. Um, If you stay there, you'll just get frustrated or you'll just get overwhelmed with anxiety. Now, of course, when we were born into this world, the world revolves around us. We're spoon-fed on the front end and diaper-changed on the back end. It's as if the whole world exists to meet our every need. And that's fine if you are a two-month-old baby. If you're 22, that's a problem. Again, newsflash, you are not the center of the universe. Sin. Sin at its core is all about selfishness. It's about putting yourself first, your desires, your needs, your plans, your time, your finances above all else. That's sin at its core. Sure, you seek after God. I mean, you're here at church or you're watching online, you believe you may still seek God, but maybe you don't seek Him first. Maybe second, third, seventh, whatever in your list of priorities. You know, most of us, we, we come to Jesus not because we want to serve him, but because we want, to, we want him to serve us and meet our needs and friends. He is a need meter. It's awesome. But it won't be until we really learn what it means to put him first in our lives that we will deeply experience all that Jesus has for us and, and experience him as a need meter. What did Jesus say? But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things will be added to you. Do you see it there? If you would just take yourself or or yourself and your family out of the center of your world and and put Jesus first, that's when God will move in a way that, that you will experience everything else that you are after, everything else that you really need. Do you see the biblical principle there? All that you deeply yearn for, all that you're striving so hard to attain, The way you achieve the life you deeply yearn to live, it it comes by putting Jesus first and making Jesus first in your daily living. This is a truth that you and me so struggle with. Put Jesus first in everything, including our family, and the deepest yearnings of our hearts will be fulfilled. We we struggle with that, right? I mean, most of us want Jesus to meet our needs, to to be our provider, our protector, our healer, and, and we pray that he'll do that. But then we hold back on putting him first. And then we stop doing church because Jesus didn't pull through. It's crazy when you think about it. But the struggle's real. I mean, admit it, you struggle. Heck, I struggle with putting and keeping Jesus first. We struggle because we just can't do this on our own. Really, we we, we can't. We need a power, a power that is greater than what we have. We need the power of Jesus that comes from being filled with the Holy Spirit to, to live this life where we become fully alive as we keep Jesus at the center. Now, one of my favorite books of the Bible is the book of Acts. Uh, this is a book that I, sometimes, I, I love to sit down and read it in one sitting. It's awesome. It's a book full of action. It's a story of a bunch of gracious barbarians set on fire by the Holy Spirit. And what they do totally changes the world. It changed the world that we're living in today. Their acts of bold love are why why we're here right now, in person or online. These were women and men set on fire by the Holy Spirit, and the history of the entire world changed for the better. But let me first... Move back to, uh, Luke wrote the book of Acts, uh, he also wrote one of the stories, one of the gospels about Jesus called the Gospel of Luke. And in that book, he talks about a prophet named John the Baptist. John the Baptist was a passionate on fire preacher. The apostle Luke writes, John answered them all. I baptize you with water. But one who is more powerful than I will come, the straps of whose sandals I am not worthy to untie. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit, and get this, with fire. The Holy Spirit and fire, the fire of the Holy Spirit. Luke later writes in the book of Acts, and yeah, I love the book of Acts. He declares that this fire of the Holy Spirit has now come. Suddenly, a sound like a blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be like tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. This is where you see a bunch of gracious barbarians come into being. I mean, these guys, what had they been doing? I mean, they had been hiding they'd been living in fear, thinking they might lose their lives like Jesus did, that they might die like Jesus did. And and so now it's all about protecting each other, keeping each other safe, and, and they're huddled all together, staying safe. As they are fearfully huddled, Jesus, who died on the cross, turns up alive, breaks into the locked room they are in. He just appears and stands right in the middle of them, and he says this. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. What is a witness? A witness is simply someone who points others to Jesus. So how do you point someone to Jesus? Well, by acts of love and words of compassion, other people come to know and experience the life-changing love of Jesus for themselves. That was the mission of the early church, and that is our mission today. And you, you are the key. You, you're the witness. What you do and what you courageously do, uh, how you love and how you love boldly, and the words of compassion that you share, they become a bridge, so that others, your friends, those you work with, those in your home, You become a bridge to the love of Jesus that helps people live well in these uncertain days. Yes, with Jesus, we can live well. We can flourish during these pandemic days. But you are the key. You are the bridge that helps others live stable, flourishing lives in these crazy, uncertain days. This is your God-given mission. As we read on in the book of Acts, and I'll say it again, I love the book of Acts. The Holy Spirit came. It was the day of Pentecost. And on that day, 3,000 people came to know Jesus personally and experienced the fire of the Holy Spirit for themselves. It rocked the city of Jerusalem. It rocked the Roman Empire, so much so that a pagan empire full of superstition and fear became in less than 300 years an empire full of Christians who were gracious barbarians, loving their neighbors to Jesus. What do I mean? It was AD 165. A a pandemic, a plague, far worse than anything we have experienced swept the Roman Empire. It is estimated that over the course of a couple of years, this plague killed 25% of the population of the Roman Empire. Get that, 25% died. A bunch of gracious barbarians empowered by the fire of the Holy Spirit wasted no time, spared nothing to care for those caught in the grip of the deadly pathogens, comforting those who were dying and pouring out love on those who had lost loved ones. A hundred years later, it happened again. Same deal. Christians went to work. And get this. In the cities of Rome where Christian churches and followers of Jesus were active and stepped out with bold love, The death rate in cities with active Christians was half. Hear me, it was half that of other cities. You see that? Christians made a huge difference in the cities where they loved boldly. Oh, and the Christians on average lived longer. Okay. What does this all mean for us as a community and you in particular? Your mission Our mission is to love our city, our neighbors boldly at this time of need. And you will need to, (coughs) excuse me, you will need to ask God what that specifically means for you. But again, it requires that you put Jesus first. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. So the way that you experience your own needs being met, you got to get this, The way that you experience your own needs being met is when you seek to love and meet the needs of others. You live beyond yourself. You get the focus off of yourself and your family and onto your neighbor. And the only way we can do this is to cry out to Jesus that he fill us with fire. Yes, the fire of the Holy Spirit. Oh God, we need your Holy Spirit to transform us into gracious barbarians who love boldly and serve our neighbors courageously. And the only way we can do this, right, is, well, just to keep pleading and pleading and asking Jesus to empower us. And, and hey, it also means we have a lot more scientific knowledge today than the early church had, right? Right? And it means that we love our neighbor by doing what we can to protect them from COVID. We we don't just flaunt government regulations. I know it's all controversial and we'll all debate what works and doesn't work. I get that. So let me just throw, this is a personal opinion. I won't say that this is a biblical opinion, but if our municipal council makes masks mandatory on Monday, here's my personal take on on how we respond as Jesus followers. Let me be bold, take a risk with some of you, whether you believe in masks or not, and I know lots of you don't. I've seen your posts. That's awesome. But as Jesus followers, maybe we would just wear them as an act of love, or even, and this is just my opinion here, even if you don't buy the mask deal, maybe you wear a mask just as a symbol of love, something to ponder, instead of building a wall between you and your neighbor in our city, and instead we we, we give up. A few rights. Now, I know even that's a debatable concept, right? How many rights do we keep giving up, right? Have you heard that argument out there a little bit? But Jesus said this in John 15, greater love has no one than this, than to lay one, down one's life for a friend. So that's, that's, that's given up a lot for the sake of others, right? Um, just a, a Christian thing to consider. Um, why? In order to build a bridge to others, so that you can serve them rather than fight with them. Just, just a thought, um, not gospel here, just a personal opinion as we try to wrestle through what is a Christian response. But, but here's what it, where I think all of us, no matter where we stand on the issue, here's what we all got to do. We got to ask the question, what does love require of me? We all have to ask that question. What does love require of me? You got to think through in this situation and, and how we love in these days, what would Jesus do? We still might not see eye-to-eye on what this looks like, but if you will at least ask the question, what does love require of me? That puts us all on the right track. (coughs) Your mission, our mission, is to love our city, our neighbors, boldly at this time of need. And yeah, how we do that will vary with uh, each one of us, but it is our mission to love others boldly, you know? So... Figure out what that means for you personally and what that means for your family. Loving boldly also means, as you've been hearing in this service, you you step up and you help your church, Fort City, stand strong in these days. One way is through your giving, your bold, sacrificial giving, because when you give, the impact it has on lives is huge. and, And when you give, you are both loving God and you are loving your neighbor. And... You also help your church by standing strong, by getting involved. You volunteer. You become a bit bold. At times, uh, you know, we got, there may be good reasons to be holding back and very good reasons. uh, um, But there may be ways you can work through that as well. My wife is not here today. She has a a few health uh, immune immune issues. So it just seemed wiser not to. And what she's going to do to volunteer to make things happen is she's going to run an online A small group for women, just one way to do. I remember uh, back in the summer, um, uh, Jane was uh, already at at the family cottage in Ontario, I was still here. And uh, Doug and Jeanette Emberley, they are not here today as well because of health issues that make them a little concerned to be in a larger crowd setting. And uh, they had the same concerns even about inviting people over, but they invited me over for dinner. We sat in the back porch, they sat. On one table, I sat. On another table, we faced each other. It was a whole lot better than not getting together at all, right? And it was how they were able to show a little love, even though they have some health concerns that mean they need to be careful, right? There's just all sorts of ways that we can can do this. But uh, we're not going to cast safety aside, but we as a church, we still have a mission, right? So let me ask you to pray about this. We need you to volunteer to make Kid City happen as we relaunch Kid City on October 4. Our kids need you. Our kids need to be led to Jesus. Our kids need to become gracious barbarians themselves, full of the fire of the Holy Spirit. Our kids need gracious barbarians to help them become gracious barbarians. So please message Shauna and say you'll help our worship team needs you especially if this keeps growing, and we need to go to two services we'll need more volunteers our tech team needs people to help us to do the best we can at producing online services and we we need people who are just willing to learn how to do that because some of you don't have a clue but we need some to step up and say I don't know how but I'm willing to learn I'm willing to step out and serve and if that's you talk to Adrian and for you and you and your family you need to be asking the question, how can we be gracious barbarians on our street, with our friends, with the families we go to school with? How can we love boldly and serve courageously? What can you do? What can your family do? Friends, you are one decision away from a totally different life, full of purpose, full of meaning, in the middle of this mess. You are one decision away from experiencing the fire of the Holy Spirit that will allow you to love boldly and serve courageously. You, or if you have family withing with you, living with you, you and your family can be those gracious barbarians who lead your neighbor to experience the love and power of Jesus for themselves. You can do that. You were one decision away from the life you yearn for, the life you desire not just for yourself but for your family, a life that makes a huge difference in the lives of others. Will you join me in prayer as we pray a prayer of decision where we we invite Jesus to fill us with the Holy Spirit so that we love boldly and serve courageously and just take maybe the words that I'm praying and kind of turn them into your own prayer. Would you do that? Let's pray together. Oh God. We need your Holy Spirit fire to transform us into gracious barbarians who love boldly and serve our neighbors courageously. Just pray that. Just say, oh God, I need your Holy Spirit fire to transform me. Transform me into a gracious barbarian who loves boldly and serves courageously. And today, Jesus, I make the decision to make you number one in my life and in the life of my family to the extent that I have influence and can do that that we as a family would become gracious barbarians serving courageously. So fill me. Fill me with the fire of your spirit. And as you fill me, take away my fear. And give me wisdom as I seek to serve you in these days. Use me, use my family to love my friends, my family, my coworkers, to love the marginalized and the poor, to, to love sacrificially as you loved us. Come, Holy Spirit, and revive your church to serve strong in these uncertain days. I pray in Jesus' name and for his glory. Amen.